and welcome to ASIC View, the official ASIC podcast. My name is Andrew Williams and I'm joined today by Warren Day, Senior Executive Leader, Assessment and Intelligence at the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. Warren, thanks very much for your time on the podcast. Great to be here, Andrew. Uh, Tell us a little bit, first of all, for the uninitiated, about what you do. All right. So I look after um, a large team at ASIC. Um, It's got staff in virtually every ASIC office around the country, um, and it's got mostly two large teams within that. One is called Misconduct and Breach Reporting. So it looks after uh, all of the complaints that the public might make, industry might make, uh, also, um, say, liquidators and auditors might make to ASIC about areas where they think misconducts occurred. And so we look at all of those and then decide whether or not ASIC you know, should do something more and then we farm it out to the rest of the organisation. The other large group they look after is licensing. So anyone who wants a financial services licence, a credit licence, become registered as an auditor in Australia or registered as a liquidator, my team looks after that as well. So you're the starting point really, you're kind of the, the front door to ASIC in many ways. Yeah, we have absolutely are the front door for a lot of stuff that comes into ASIC, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about uh, what happens when someone comes to ASIC and uh, they make a complaint, let's start with a member of the public, for example, Yep. Um, and they complain to ASIC that someone's broken the law. What, yep. what happens then? What's the yep. next step? So well, let's just look first at how they go about that. So it's about just over 50% comes to us through our online form, so through asic.gov.au, and so there's a point there to click called how to complain. So you go through there, there's a form there, you fill it in, it comes to our staff. The other, everyone else basically writes us a letter. So we'll still take stuff in letter. We, it's better if you come through the form. Um, but what we do is we check a couple of really basic questions first. So it'll it'll be the first thing to say is there'll be a real member of the public who'll look at it. Oh, sorry, a member of the organisation who'll look at it, mm-hmm. um, and we will call you, you know, or contact you the best way we can. If we haven't got a phone number, we'll contact you by email or we'll contact you by post to say we've got it. Ask any other questions. Hopefully, give you a bit of information, you know, straight off the bat, you know, because we know people want quick information and they want an answer as quickly as possible. But the first couple of things we'll ask ourselves is, is this actually a breach of the law that we look after? So a lot of the times, or some of the times, people will write to us and and raise an issue, but it actually might not be something ASIC looks after. So Mm. it might be something better looked at by the tax office, might be something better looked after by a state you know, agency might something be better off looking being looked at by the police yep. um, in the state or territory where they live. So we'll look at that and we'll tell you that immediately. So if we think it's not something that ASIC should deal with and it's something that another place should deal with, we'll tell you that. We may even refer it there and tell you we've done that, um, but we'll work that out. The second thing as part of that is if it's something that ASIC deals with, you know, generally speaking, so for example, it might be financial advice, mm. the thing that the person's complaining about might actually not even be a breach of the law. So if it's not a breach of the law, we'll tell you that. Now, someone will probably say, well, it should be. Yes, absolutely. And that's fine, and that's a legitimate retort. Sure. Um, but, you know, we will, we will try and tell them, you know, quickly why that's the case and so that they can then work out what they've got to do. What we'll also do, though, if it is something that's, you know, something ASIC might be able to deal with, um, there might also be other ways of dealing with it. So go back to my example of someone who might not be happy with their financial advisor. Mm-hmm. What they might be unhappy about is the bad advice they think they got. And so there are dispute resolution schemes for that. So the the financial licensee, so the person who's got the license, their financial advisor, has to try and resolve the dispute internally first. Or if they've tried that and it's not worked, they can go to one of the external dispute resolution schemes, such as the financial ombudsman scheme, mm-hmm. and then try and get it dealt with that way. So we will try and help people to get a you know as quick an outcome as possible. But then you know there will be things we'll want to look at, and then we'll consider them internally. And then 
depending on what our resources are like, what our priorities are like, what our focus is like um, in a particular area, that'll get referred to one of our stakeholder teams or get referred directly to one of our enforcement teams for investigation. Generally, and obviously you said before that you'll, you'll respond as quickly as possible. Is that is there a rough sort of time frame on, on how quickly you try to respond in a sort of a, an hour's or day's sense? Yeah, so we try, our, our, our standard is we will try and acknowledge and contact you to at least say we've got you know, your form or your letter um, within three business days. Mm -hmm. And again, we will try and do that by telephone if you've given us that number. Um, Then outside of that, in terms of fully dealing with it and thinking our way through it, um, we aim to finalise 70% of those matters within 28 days. And, you know, we we get pretty close to that, have met that over the last four or five years um, because we think that's a legitimate time frame. Now, of course, the issues people raise can be really complex really difficult and so it does, some matters will go over that time frame but we're doing everything we can to meet that time frame and obviously your staff and you mentioned it before would, would have a, a diverse range of expertise and skills because they've got to have the understanding um, in all areas of the work ASIC does to where they need to refer it and how it needs to be addressed absolutely so you know anyone listening to this will probably appreciate ASIC has a really wide you know um, level of responsibility across a range of things so people giving financial advice, liquidators and their duties and conduct, directors' duties and conduct. I mean, they're very wide mm. areas that ASIC looks at. So our staff generally have to have a wide level of knowledge, but we have specialists even within our team who focus on certain areas, assist our staff and, and, and complement the knowledge of our own staff, uh, are looking all the time at those matters as they come through. So that helps us when we're triaging the matters, when we're deciding where those matters should go and what types of treatments we should apply to those matters. Um, those specialists in our team you know, work um, to, to assist that. But what we also try and do then is bring in the knowledge from the other specialist areas of ASIC so that really it is a one ASIC approach to try and you know, deal with the problems people bring to us. And is it just the public who complain to ASIC or, or is there, are there a variety of, of types of complaint you get and, and complainants? We get, we, get lots of, we get lots of stuff from everybody. So we'll get it from parliamentarians, we'll get it from mums and dads, we'll get it from competitors, we'll get it from other industry associations. Um, as I say, we'll get them from... Um, professionals such as liquidators, auditors, accountants, lawyers. Um, we'll get them from other regulatory agencies. The police often will refer matters to us because mm. they think it's actually a corporate matter. Um, we'll get matters from the Crime Commission, the Federal Police, so on and so forth. So, you know, there's a wide range of places we get this information from. So you're fielding them from all over. And for any sort of member of the public that may be listening, is there any concern about, for them, for the priorities of, you know, is there... Do you ever prioritise, say, industry complaints over complaints of members of the public, or are they all are they all equal? They're all they're all treated the same mm. uh, in that respect. I mean, you know, what we will do is we'll prioritise matters that are urgent. Sure. So if someone comes to us with something that you go, this is actually really serious and really important mm. and really urgent, then you know, of course, we can move quickly on that and we will prioritise that. But outside of that, no. I mean, we treat everything nearly on a cab rank rule. If you, if it comes in first, we want to get it out the door first. How do you decide uh, what what matters ASIC's going to investigate? I mean, obviously, you've talked about you know the urgency and, and the area of focus. Are there other factors that you, you take into account? Yeah. I mean, at a headline level, we take into account the Commission's priorities. So sure. the Commission has two headline priorities. Um, they want to ensure that we have informed and confident investors and consumers in this country, and we want fair and efficient markets. Um, so, you know, they're the headline priorities. Inside of that, ASIC has got a whole range of other focus and priority on a 12-month basis or on a longer-term basis. And so we um, 
un, you know, work with the teams to understand what those areas of focus are. We then look at the matters that come to us and say, you know, there's a whole range of questions we take into account and there's more information in our information sheet in this area um, and also our enforcement information sheet that goes through this is available on our website. We take into account the nature of the offence. Um, we take into account the amount of people involved in the offence. Is it a wider public concern that, that, that this, this matter relates to? Even though a whole lot of people might not have come to us, mm. it, it might be apparent to us that this actually could in, in, impact a lot of people. Um, so, you know, if you talk about a, a set banking product, one person might complain to us, but the reality is it might affect 10,000 Australians. Absolutely. So we take all those things into account, how much money's involved, whether or not the offence is, con- you know, the type of offence is continuing, um, whether or not we are aware of this person, you know, doing bad things before. All of those things are taken into account when we make that type of assessment. You know, also then the legal issues, you know, is it, is it the type of thing that we would get a successful outcome? Is the evidence there that will assist us as an agency get a successful outcome? All of those things have to be taken into account. I've talked with other staff members here about just how much more complex a lot of ASIC's work has become with the explosion of technology and, and how it exponentially increases. Is that something that you've observed uh, at the front line, as it were, where you're getting new kinds of complaints and, and different kinds of concerns? Yeah, so we get we get a lot of concerns now about new types of products, mm-hmm. um, new ways of marketing those products, um, the fact that people from offshore are utilising the fact that the internet's there and you can look worldwide now, it's not just domestically, um, for different promotion of different products. I mean, there are a lot of people out there looking for higher rates of return because we're in a low um, interest rate environment here in Australia at the moment. So as a result, you know, there are people who are looking at offshore as well for investment opportunities. So we see lots, you know, lots of use of technology, lots of people using technology, i.e. the internet to go out and, you know, find other opportunities mm. um, and, and, and basically going into um, other countries which may not have the same regulatory settings that we have. But at the same token, we're using technology to assist us. So a good example, I mentioned before that we have people who come through our online form. Yep. And a whole lot of people come through paper. Um, we put a lot of information on our website to assist people work out whether or not this is a real problem for them or for us. Uh, and you know, we do a lot of work with them uh, with that information on the website to allow people to self-help, work out where they need to go, those types of things. And we know that that information's been really helpful because we know that we have a lot of people who read them and then go to the relevant place mm-hmm. rather than staying around with ASIC. Um, so, you know, we're utilising technology that way. We also use technology on a proactive basis to seek out things. So when we know what the sort of hallmarks are of, um, you know, scams or other things, we will actively go and you know, regularly search out those things and bring some of those instances in for us to assess further. So you've talked about uh, the complaints, the, the types of complaints we get. I Assumedly, occasionally, there will be a complaint about ASIC itself. How does ASIC deal with that, those ones? It's a good question. So uh, the, the, the types of complaints we've been talking about up until this point, Andrew, we internally and publicly, we refer to actually as reports of alleged misconduct. Because right. that's what people are doing. They're they're not really complaining about us. They're actually reporting to us alleged misconduct they're saying in the market. So mm-hmm. we often refer to them as reports of alleged misconduct. True complaints, though, are complaints about us, you know, that we ASIC, you know, need to answer to and we sh- should consider whether or not we need to do something about. So in the last few months, ASIC has updated all of its approach to complaints handling. So for those people who've got access to the internet, um, now there's a complaint page there where they can lodge a complaint. And so, you know, if they think staff have been rude to them, um, we've not complied with our service charter, 
that um, we've been late, we've made the wrong decision, those type, we've been unresponsive, all those types of things. People can you know, utilise that. If they want to write us a letter, they can write to the complaints officer at ASIC in their capital city and we'll deal with it the same way. And so what we've done now is we've got a dedicated complaints officer in ASIC who oversees that program. And then amongst all of the teams... Um, we have dedicated um, complaints managers across those teams who will be allocated those matters. They'll make a consideration about what's gone on and we'll try and resolve them you know, as quickly as possible um, with, directly with the person because we don't want it to continue, we don't want it to get worse. But the, the more important point is we want to learn from that. So if there is an area that we keep getting wrong, we don't want to keep making that mistake and frustrating people. We want to actually be able to look at that and then respond and make changes to the way we do things. So people can feel confident, I guess, that if they have a report of misconduct or if they have a complaint about us, it's going to be handled in exactly the same manner. That there's no, no two different streams. No, no. So yeah. it, it's all comes through. Like as far as the internet, um, our web pages are concerned, they all come through the same place. Mm. But there effectively is set processes of how we look at these things, and you know, so that we can make sure we're consistent. We miss nothing, you know, and we're doing the right thing with that information that's brought to our attention. And just to finish off, I guess for anyone that might be looking at a, you know, ASIC job application at the moment or something like that, what do, what do you like about working here? It's uh, you've been here for a bit. Yeah, uh, I've been here. I've been here eleven years. Yeah, um, I, I've got qualifications in both accounting and law, but I joined here as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, it's a really interesting place to work. I keep saying it's never boring. And if anyone thinks they're bored, they should come and talk to me and I'll find more work for them. <laughs> but what, what I really like about this place is that, um, you know, it's not just a factory that deals with lawyers and accountants as a staffing group. You know, increasingly, we're getting people with business a- analytical skills, pro- uh, project management, you know, process improvement skills. Um, you know, IT skills, you know, to respond to our, you know, the, the change in markets. You know, we know we need a lot of data and algorithm and IT skills in the place as well. So, you know, this place is changing all the time in terms of what's important to us and why. Um, and so, you know, you've got a good group of people who really are committed um, to doing the best they can for the Australian public, you know, with um, the resources that the government gives us. And, and meeting those, you know, objectives of the Commission. So it's a great place to work. People are really friendly. You know, we, we get really good outcomes, we think, for the public. Um, obviously, there are people who think from time to time we're not doing what, you know, they think we should be doing. Mm. Um, but, you know, we're confident that our, our people are really committed to the task. Well, Warren, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Great. Thanks, Andrew. We'll bring you many more stories uh, from and around ASIC over the weeks to come. Thanks very much for listening.